Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, whether they're eBooks or earrings. Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. All right, welcome everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud, and I am Bruce Eckfeldt, your podcast host. Today we've got a really special guest, Riley Cote. Riley, I'm going to have your full bio in the show notes and stuff so people can kind of read all about it. But I, why don't we start with just a little bit of background? I'm really interested in this interview because your background with hockey and with the work that you've been doing in cannabis is this whole area that's really fascinating for me around cannabis in the kind of sports and recovery and rehabilitation space. But why don't you give people a sense of your background and how you got involved in cannabis, and then we can talk a little bit about what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, I played eight years of professional hockey. I grew up in the middle of uh, Canada, Winnipeg, Manitoba, and was introduced to cannabis uh, at a young age. Very recreational setting. Obviously, parties, there was no science back then, uh, nothing really to, to validate what I was doing. But uh, I played four years in the Western Hockey League. I was never drafted, and when I turned pro, I decided to take on a different role. Uh, I landed up being the enforcer, being a fighter within the hockey game. And it was then when I really started understanding cannabis, using cannabis um, specifically for, for recovery, even though I didn't really call it that at the time. I, I, I knew it calmed my nervous system. I knew it promote relaxation and help with my anxiety and, and promoted rest. So, And let me just pause you. For those, for those that don't know hockey, so I grew up in Minnesota. I'm pretty intimately familiar with hockey. For those that don't know hockey, it, it's a pretty tough sport, particularly the enforcer role is a very physical role. So as an athlete, not only are we dealing with the just the physical demands of hockey, but the actual or of the, of the, the, the skating aspect, the actual play was a very physical play. So you were dealing with fairly significant recovery aspects of the sport. And so I guess it sounds like what, what, what you were 
experiencing or what, what you were able to see is a connection between cannabis use and your ability to actually functionally recover from practice, from workouts, but the actual games themselves. Yeah, exactly. And, and I really started noticing that, like I said, when I when I started taking on that role, only because, like you said, the, the physical demand was much higher. But, but as well as the anxiety, it's hard to explain to someone. Performance anxiety is one thing. Everyone's got it yeah. to some degree, right, whether you're an athlete or not. But fighting adds a whole other dimension to anxiety, you know, especially when you land up fighting guys like Donald Brashear and George LaRock and, and yeah. uh, you know, Brian McGratton and these types of guys. So the, the anxiety is real. And that was really – I think that was really why I, I, I landed up – leaning on cannabis initially and what i learned that was that cannabis helped me with about five to ten other things yeah. as well as the anxiety you know and again going back to the recovery process of just calming the nervous system promoting rest healthy appetite and then i learned that it was you know really helping with my pain and inflammation but i'd used it previously but again like not consistently as i was when i turned 20 and turned pro um, so i really started to have an understanding i guess i was more in tune with my body at that time so you know i quietly would use it daily i mean it was it was a daily thing after practice uh, in the evening just really kind of as needed type of thing and then in every league i played in on every team i played on there was always a group of guys that were doing the same type of thing you know they were yeah. self-medicating for whatever reason you know some guys really didn't know what they were doing and yeah. some guys probably had a better understanding of what they were doing but um, you know, fast forward to you know, four four years when I landed up finally making the Flyers, uh, mm-hmm. playing in the NHL. I was still doing the same thing. I was still managing my you know my ailments the same way. Uh, but back then, again, there was there was a lot of recreational activity still. Um, yeah. You know, the drinking and and all that good stuff. And I and I learned pretty quickly uh, when I was with the Flyers that traveling with cannabis, you know, has <laughs> it has its repercussions. So yeah. I, you know, I, I I got away with a couple, and I you know eventually I just said, well, this is my career. I got to stop this yeah. i gotta be a little bit smarter and that was really when i started uh you know kind of getting wrapped up in this downward dark spiral of substance abuse because yeah. now i was managing my anxieties and and sleep and 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 pain unsustainably with uh, with opioids muscle relaxers sleeping yeah. pills and alcohol so needless to say is the the performance dropped you know everything kind of you know kind of caved in and and uh, physical bodies breaking down yeah. and uh, a lot of retiring at the age of 28. So, um, you know, immediately I had a ton of questions. I was kind of sitting there, you know, just like pondering my life and, and, and career and, yeah. and asking myself, what the hell happened? And um, what I figured out was that, you know, my, I, my whole life I'd really been living unsustainably. I, mean, I think cannabis yeah. was probably the most sustainable thing I was doing. Unfortunately, you know, cannabis needs to be integrated with other sustainable methods of healing. So yeah. uh, what I, I, I changed everything. I changed uh, the way I, I changed my whole diet. You know, I went from basically a, a meat eater and a protein a junkie to yeah. a, plant, a plant-based diet. Yeah. Um, I still eat, I, I do still eat meat now and then, but uh, more sustain, you know, yeah. focusing on the sustainably farmed meat. I uh, transitioned from, again, protein department, from the whey proteins to plant-based proteins, specifically hemp protein. And that's when I really started understanding the nutritional profile of the hemp seed and really started understanding cannabis yep. um, in, a different, in a different way and understanding, you know, this resource that was once used for, by, by pretty much the whole planet, uh, you know, was, was sidelined in the name of the Industrial Revolution and synthetics and synthetic world. So I started kind of connecting all these dots and understanding environment and understanding the things I was doing, how unsustainable they were, and why I am where I was at the time, and and uh, understanding you know the non-psychoactive cannabinoids like CBD and CBG and CBN and all these different things, and understanding that these all had healing properties as well. 
and uh, learn the science behind, you know, the brain and the neuroprotective properties of these cannabinoids for the brain. I just became extremely passionate about it and really kind of grabbed the hold of this thing and said, I want, I, I need to be educating people. You know what I mean? I need people yeah. understanding this. Um, you know, my, you know, my, my colleagues in sports are just, you know, again, I always wanted them too. And it was, it was, it's kind of like your mindless warrior. It's just go hard, go hard, go hard. And, you know, the culture of hockey and well, the culture of society yeah. is just bury yourself with alcohol and whatever the standard protocols are. Yeah, and, just push, and, and, push, and push. I can't tell how many guys that I've seen, you know, played with or played against that have substance abuse problem, yeah. like, you know, real bad addiction problem. So yeah. it's interesting because I, from what I hear, it's almost more of sort of the, the sort of psychological stress related stuff almost more so than the physical recovery. I mean, deal, dealing with, as you said, the sort of the, the stress of playing, but the stress of fighting, and then just the toll it has on your mind of that kind of trying to maintain that kind of performance over an extended period of time is is extremely taxing. I mean, would you say that, I guess, how, how do you balance the physical recovery aspects versus the psychological recovery aspects? Where Do you see them as equal? Do you see one as more important or more effective than the other? Well, I think uh, they're both equally important. I mean, uh, you know, what I've learned is that I've spent so much time worshiping the physical body that I didn't give enough time to, you know, to the mind and the spirit. And And there was a price to pay with that. So I think... You know, even though I was managing my anxieties with that, I was also doing a lot of things again that were promoting anxiety. You know, what I mean, unsustainable, unsustainable. You know, healing practices. So um, I always say, like, you know, the physical part of the fight was the easiest part. You know, yeah. as tough as it looks. You know, the psychological and the emotional toll it takes is is hard to explain to someone, especially if you're fighting, you know, 30, 35 times a year, and you know, yeah. even when you weren't fighting, you were preparing to fight. So yeah. you're in this constant you're at that, state you're at of that high. Yeah, you're in a constant state of uh, fight mode, you know, and the, and, the, and the natural response is fight or flight, and, you know, you pick one, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes, uh, again, within a game, you'd go the whole game thinking you were going to fight or expecting to, and the fight would never happen, so you can you can imagine the, the constant state of anxiety, it's basically chronic anxiety, it's hard to yeah. explain, uh, yeah. you know, even when the fight's done, you're worried about the next fight, so, yeah. so I, I, you know, from that standpoint, um, again, the cannabis certainly helped with that, yeah. um, there's no question, but I think, it was, you know, cannabis is a beautiful thing, it doesn't just do one thing it kind of like you know that's i think that's why people gravitate yeah. towards so much is that you know you take the edge off well it takes a load off you know from an anxiety standpoint but your physical pain and the, the physical body feels great and you, you know you put a smile on you might have a couple laughs like to me that's just general well-being yeah and that's what it promotes yeah. you know now you know on the back side of it after retiring and seeing all these products now these you know these, these cbd and you know phytocannabinoid rich products so you know now it's now you can kind of pick how you want to attack this like there's topicals that strictly affect real, yeah. you say the physical body versus sublinguals that would you know affect the physical body as well as the mind and, and the spirit as well so i think now you're seeing this industry is kind of evolved out of this you know this black market into this uh, you know borderline legal market and yeah. Yeah. um and then the products that come out are, are coming out of it is are you know unbelievable yeah. and you know tra- Dermal patches and topicals and you know suppositories and you name it sprays and all this stuff. Yeah, you know, there's, if there's a me, method they've just, come up with. <laughs> they've come up exactly. With so it's uh, it just screams recovery. But uh, to me, uh, you know, I'm a huge believer in taking care of it all. Yeah, for acute pain, if I had yeah. a muscle soreness, I would I would take the sublingual or I would take it internally, so I'm getting you know the full body thing. But uh, also, I'd probably use a topical as well. Yeah. And hit it. So so let's go back. So you you retire you retire from uh, hockey. Uh, you start looking at. Uh, cannabis and hemp and uh you're, you're looking at the 
kind of the holistic, holistic recovery, you know, diet, you know, nutrition, physical hemp comes up for you. You start looking at hemp, sort of take us through how, how you started kind of getting more and more involved in this space and what were the next steps for you? Yeah. So right when I retired, when I started making all these changes that I mentioned, I, uh, again, became extremely passionate about hemp and I started a 5-1-C-3 called the Hemp Heals Foundation. This was in 2010, so where I was in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania had zero legislation then. It was really a pipe dream, yeah. nothing more than education and awareness. We put on a, you know, an annual music festival in Philly and do a couple educational you know, hempcrete, building with hempcrete workshops and just kind of promoting the viability of hemp from a nutritional standpoint, from a building perspective and then medicine and whatever is kind of just kind of waking people up in, yeah. in a sense. So, but at this so this was 2010. So you really had, there was really no kind of inkling at that point that this cannabis wave would start to come. Or did you sense that, that there was a, there was a movement, well, you know, underway. Yes, yes and no. I mean, I, what I realized is that I wasn't the first person to be advocating for cannabis and hemp. I mean, it was, uh, you know, there, there's certainly a movement. I think the movement's been around, but it really, the, the movement really didn't, really didn't get to where it needs to be in the sports world up until like 2004, really 2013, yeah. 2014, when, okay. you know, the, the 2014 Farm Act 7606 came out when cannabinoids uh, became really really apparent and all over the place, really. And that's when kind of athletes were introduced to these non-psychoactive cannabinoids mm -hmm. when they started speaking out a lot more and, and, and being introduced to them. And that's where I started meeting these other athletes at different conferences. So the Hemp Heels landed up evolving, in a sense, not the actual organization itself, yeah. but my time yeah. landed up evolving to just really normalizing cannabinoids through sports. I realized these guys all had their version yeah. of my story. And, um, you know, and, and we're probably doing it quietly, you know, or, or kind of under the radar, you know, themselves, maybe, maybe doing it right, maybe not quite so right, but they were, they were self-medicating. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, some guys will, you know, be talking about, you know, self-medicating with actual, you know, your dry herb, you know, like the way we all did it, it yeah. seems like, but then the other guys were kind of new, newly introduced to it. Um, after they retired from a really uh, industrial hemp derived CBD yeah. um, component, non-psychoactive. So you do see both sides of it. And the stories are, are a little different when you talk to some of these guys. But nonetheless, it was it was professional athletes or former professional athletes coming out and speaking about how these cannabinoids help them. THC or not. I mean, that's just the, for the individual to figure out what yeah. they need. But nonetheless, the messaging is really the same. Cannabinoid is a cannabinoid. We just have to undemonize yeah. just the THC molecule. You know, I think once we get past that, we can we can understand this healing plan a little bit better. But um, it wasn't you know it wasn't until then that the real sports movement, you know, integrating sports and cannabis and normalizing cannabinoids through sports really started started in my in my life. And yeah. uh, um, so that kind of you know then the hemp heels kind of got in the background. Right around that time, there was legislation in, in Pennsylvania. And then eventually the laws got passed. Now we have, a, you know, a, you know, an agriculture pilot program and a medical program. So, like, you know, I think the mission needs to be changed on that side of it. But my time has really been transitioned into the Athletes for Care program, which I, I see. I just see so much more opportunity there and not selfishly just worrying about athletes. I think that's what, you know, the name may, maybe sounds like that. But it really lands up being normalizing cannabinoids for all people through sports. We're just yeah. using our platform yeah. and our voice to tell stories and have science back up our stories. And any sort of research we're going to engage in benefits the general public. It's not, you know, this is not selfishly just about us. This is yeah. just using our background or story and experience to, again, normalize the message. So Athletes for Care is a new, uh, it's a 503C or what's the, what's the entity? Yeah, it is a 5-1-C-3, yeah. 5-1-C-3, okay. And I guess, so you're looking to basically promote 
sort of uh, a healthy, unbiased use of cannabis-based products um, using the kind of athletic platform or, or your experience and network as as an athlete, as a professional athlete. So what, what kind of a programs are you engaging with? What do you actually do with the organization? Yeah, so the, the overall mission of Athletes for Care is to promote wellness. I mean, okay. wellness to me, cannabis and hemp are the, you know, the centerpiece of wellness, but we can't ignore other pieces of wellness like meditation, yoga, nutritional healing, and the rest of the natural world. So I want to be clear that it's bigger than cannabis, but the obvious elephant in the room is that the cannabis is a, a very immediate healing tool. You know, I mean, you can get a lot of relief quickly and, and the fact that it's borderline illegal still, you know, the urgency is and the focus is on that. So, the, you know, education and awareness is a big part of getting the community. So, like, again, a lot of what we do now is um, we go to different conferences, whether it's an actual cannabis conference or a mm-hmm. uh, uh, health and wellness conference or an anti-aging conference, whatever it lands up being, we get these opportunities to put together panels of three or four athletes. And then we have a medical doctor or some sort of uh, researcher to to verify our stories yeah. through science. So again, it legitimizes the story with science because God, God knows we need that um, to make this thing as real as it can be. Yeah. And then above and beyond that, we're allowed to be a support system for guys. A lot of guys got different issues. So, you know, um, depending on what they, they're dealing with and reach out to us with, we would kind of guide them into the you know the right direction of the right professional so are you are you looking are you speaking to professional athletes athletes in general or just people that are interested in wholeness and whole, sort of holistic wellness um it lands up being a little bit of everything honestly yeah. i mean again the athletes for care a lot of them are our former professional athletes but we got collegiate athletes we got guys that played you know junior level or whatever yeah. the story remains the same it's just that it started off as a group of former professional athletes using their voice but it's not it's not exclusively for that so okay. we're gonna have we have like a, a members only type of thing where you, again like for say for anybody that would pay yep. you know a, a small fee to get certain resources versus the general public if you just want to you know if you just want to follow along and kind of learn about what we're doing that that that's fine too but i think there was a lot of services we we, we would offer are worth you know investing a, a few dollars because yeah. i mean i mean above and beyond so so let's use an example so if i'm i'm a i was uh you know high school athlete rode in college i've done iron man i've kind of re- weekend warrior type fractured a vertebrae a couple of years ago ended up having uh spinal fusion l4 l5 s1 you know i i certainly am in kind of this camp of you know middle-aged guy who has generally been very very active but has been going through more kind of health re- constraints in terms of physical you know, physical body issues, you know, pain, you know, cro- sort of chronic pain around certain parts of my body. Would this be something that is there an offering? Are you are you putting together offerings for someone like me to to be able to help figure out how to put together a plan that includes various cannabinoids as well as meditation and things like that? Is that the idea? Yes, that, that, that is the idea. And it would all depend on every person or every uh, athlete or every person that kind of joins has a different story, a different reason why, yeah. you know, they're, they're hitting us up. Some guys don't need the, you know, the, the healing side of it. They want opportunity. You know what I mean? So that's the other side of athletes for care is, you know, uh, as, as great as the healing tool of cannabis is, yeah. Um, there's more to it, and, you know. It, it's it's economics, it's jobs, job creation, job placement, investment on opportunities. So we have an arm that lands up doing exactly that: vetting deals. And that would be something you, you know on the membership side that you land up paying for. Because I mean, again, you know, if we're going to give you resources to vet deals and and to opera, job opportunities and stuff like that, I mean, there has to be some sort of trade-off at some point for the organization. But yeah. nonetheless, we would provide that. I mean, God knows how many jobs 
it creates and yeah. it's not flat. They're not so you're really creating platform. a platform, really platform for, for, for an industry or for an ecosystem around cannabis, not only for people that are you know, using cannabis in different ways, but actually working with cannabis, researching cannabis, doing business in the cannabis space. Exactly. It really ends up being uh, a player's association for alternatives yeah. in a sense. You know what I, I mean? Like it. it really ends up being and, and um, because they don't want to touch it and uh, um, it's controversial to them. So that's where, that's where we fit in. And we've already been, you know, working with the, uh, you know, the NHL alumni association and really trying to implement the program through them. But getting back to what we were talking about is that, you know, again, uh, whether the guy is hurt, is struggling whether he's um, lacks identity or purpose or he again just wants to find something to grab onto as far as uh you know the next portion of his life like again we offer all that stuff and it depends on how deep you want to go with it you know what yeah. i mean and, you know there's guys that like you know say we had a couple hockey guys that you know are one of them was a musician and then one of our football guys is like starting this art program, and it's basically kind of like expressing yourself through art, you know, through the arts, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And so we kind of connect these two guys, and it's, again, it, it lands up acting as like a multi, multi-level, multi-purpose type yeah. of platform where there's just a, a resource to connect with different guys and see how they're doing, or see how what they're using, or see what they're into. Maybe sharing business opportunities, like it's all of that. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's it's amazing some of the stuff that's come out of this. And it's, it's really just been totally grassroots, like as far as it started off, just be like, let's just educate about cannabis. And then all of a sudden, these little the pieces started falling yeah, together. Kind of like Lindy, Snyder's, Lindy Snyder's our chair and co-founder. She's the daughter of Ed Snyder. He used to own the Flyers. Yeah. So you can imagine how connected she is into the big business. And we're really trying to just, again, just uh, have all these different opportunities for guys. Because what, yeah. what we've learned is that guys are really really struggling you know what i mean and a lot of these guys keep quiet and at least we're, you know we give give a platform here where like if you see us or you hear, hear about us like a reach out because i have to believe we can help you on in some capacity yeah because most of these guys are struggling with you know mental health and and substance abuse problems and then obviously with that they struggle with purpose and identity because yeah. what we've learned too is that once you retire from being an athlete it's, it's so ego driven yeah. everyone's known tough. everyone knows who you are for the job you do and that's yeah. it right not for really what you stand for they're really the human being inside of you so guys struggle with that because when the lights turn off you know like who are you and what do you do and how do you contribute to society and most guys don't have an answer to that yeah. so they just try to fill the void with a job quote unquote or just something to do to make some money but like yeah. there's no fulfillment and yeah. you know what i mean and then when another thing what cannabis offers is is the ability to give back and get back into the community and you know being you know essentially being a healer right i mean yeah. you're, you're introducing an age, age old herb back to your people and speaking the good word so i think there's fulfillment that's i've felt the fulfillment because yeah. i mean i can't tell you how many people have reached out to me after speaking engagement or stuff i post and you know this the stuff i'm doing saying well we, we we've gotten some hemp oil we signed up for the medical cannabis program and we got unbelievable results and all these positive things so i know it's a healing tool it's just really leading the horse to water and letting the horse you know drink it himself type of thing you know what i mean so beyond the if, if we take out kind of the the legal legalization aspect of it what are the big challenges that you see in, in kind of the, the work that you're trying to do? Is it about messaging? Is it about, is it industry? Is it product development? Like what, what are the things that you see as sort of the big challenges in terms of having, uh, you know, cannabis-based products have the impact that you see they could, they could have, but for the challenges? What are the things that are in the way? I think that the two biggest things, and you mentioned them both, are 
is the messaging and then well the science of it all right so the, the messaging there's, there's so much confusion right now especially here in america so you have you know you have you know we call recreational cannabis and some people call it resinous cannabis or cannabis and then you have hemp and you have hemp seed oil and you have rick simpson oil and you have you know i mean all these different levels of hemp hemp seed oil cbd oil and hemp extract and all this stuff so like you know, clearing up the messaging and really separating the two. And initially, when I started Hemp Heals Foundation, it was before I even really knew all these different phytocannabinoids. But it was really to separate. You know, even though hemp is a cannabis variety, is really separating the recreational and I don't even use the word marijuana. Say marijuana from industrial hemp. So right off the bat, you have two divides, and it, it really is an education thing because most people are so so. Uh, uneducated on all of this, that they think it's all the same thing. So well, not really only, that, not that, only are they uneducated, they're actually miseducated. I mean, miseducated. Like a lot of people, yeah, exactly. you know, it's, it's not that, that they don't know, worse. they actually know the wrong thing. It's exactly yeah. it. So it's worse. So we're basically reteaching a belief system, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you're, yeah. going, you're, going, you're going from not only just like teaching them the science of it and the, the actual differences of the oils and all that stuff, but like the, the one thing that they were told is so negative and so bad the whole life is actually a healing plant. So like that one's hard for them to wrap their head around. Yeah. And then you got to master the messaging. And that's, again, you know, separating the two sides of the plants, the two varieties. And then and then within that, separating the, the, the different extraction process and the different end results. And you said product, the different products and like, and then how those products can help with their condition. I mean, if you're if you're dealing with a brain injury, like a, a topical on your arm isn't, isn't isn't the right solution. Clearly, I mean, the, the method of delivery has to be accurate to what you're trying to treat, and um, you know, and, and and certain things wouldn't be used for certain conditions. So, I mean, that, again, that's the whole ma- messaging and the education portion of it. But then, then the science of it. You know what I mean? There's so much again pseudoscience already. The propaganda science that's kind of. Uh, We've gotten to us to where we are today based on BS science, but, um, you know, really legitimizing that. And, and there is science out there in studies, I mean, but we have to look like Israel or we have to look like abroad because, I mean, God knows there's nothing in America because we haven't been able to study it and as well as Canada as well. So, I mean, it's kind of like everything we, we know about cannabis seems to be very anecdotal based. But then, if you really d- dig deep and deep and around, that you'll you'll learn the history of cannabis. The science is kind of already there. You learn about the U.S. pharmacopoeia and how cannabis was the main ingredient for 100 years. Like you start connecting the dots, it's it's pretty simple to understand. But um, to, to 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 draw it out in layman's terms for people to understand that this plant that we've demonized for so long is like the complete opposite of what we've been told. And here's the science to prove it. I mean, that's the challenge that we see. And that's why the story, you know, let's say the anecdotal story of the, the athlete in our, in our case, uh, backed up by the medical doctor, the researcher really, really does um, give it some juice because, um, you know, now you got both sides. You don't just have the science. You don't just have the story. And I think that's what the world needs more of. And that's part of the messaging. But again, um, there's so much education to be done. You know what I mean? I think uh, if, I think they want it that way. They always want it being to be confusing because if it's confusing, then people really don't know and they're, and they're not really good customers. You know what I mean? Or they're only good customers for the the poor products. You know what I mean? The you know the industrialized products and not the you know the the craft artesian properly produced products. You know what I mean? Which I think cannabis is sacred and we need to we need to try our best to keep it that way but that's for another conversation yeah <laughs> well and i think i think the exciting thing for me is that you know as professional athletes you know you have uh, a great platform you know as role models for uh you know so many you know so many younger people you know being able to use that to really kind of help educate re-educate folks on cannabis not only as a as a product and as a plant but as a healing tool is something that I think um, you know it's going to serve you very well. 
So we're, we're, we're just about at time here. So if people are interested in learning more about you, about the organizations, what are the best ways to get a hold of you or what, how to find out more about the organizations and what you're doing? How do they, how do, they do that? Sure. Um, athletesforcare.org. And then uh, via Twitter, it's just at, you know, at Athletes for Care. The same for uh, Instagram. Those would be the simple methods. My, you know, my personal Twitter handle is Riley, R-I-L-E-E-C-O-Y-O-T-E, Riley Coyote. Same thing for Instagram. Um, I'm always posting stuff as well as Athletes for Care, um, you know, the different events we're attending, different things we're getting involved in. Um, that would be the easiest. Uh, and then uh, reach out, e- email, right. um, you know, at Riley at uh, athletesforcare.com. If you want uh, to learn more, we can send you a membership package and get you get you in and get you going. So, um, yeah, lots of those good things great. down the pipe, too. We haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. Well, I'll, and I'll put all of those, uh, the handles and the links and email stuff in the show notes here for people. And, yeah, I mean, I would love to. Uh, keep in touch and, and maybe we can do another uh, episode at some point. We can get into some more of those details. But this was a great a great kind of overview of I think a, a great kind of angle to the whole cannabis space of looking at uh, sports and recovery and and I think your whole idea of that it's it's really a holistic tool and a healing tool is a really important message. With that I thank you for uh, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you having me. We'll talk soon. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.